Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 328, a Minnesota turkey hunt. And I am your co-host, and the guy who is half-packed. And I'm your co-host and the guy who has some gun locks on the way mm-hmm. for packing purposes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I got my hard-sided case, got my locks. I'm ready to fly a gun for the first time in my tenure as a hunter. All right. Never done it. So do well, you have any advice for me on carrying this gun through the airport on Friday? Unload it completely. It's a good idea. Unload it completely. Check to make sure it's unloaded completely. Before you close the gun case, unload it completely and double check to make sure it's unloaded completely. Do not. Step one. Do not. Do not take a loaded gun into the airport. They do not think that's funny. (laughs) I can't imagine they do. (laughs) 
And you won't think it's very funny either when your wife is on the flight without you and yeah. you're not real sure if you're ever going to be able to get anywhere again as a free man. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to make sure it's unloaded. And I got, it's a Pelican gun case. So it's that's really nice. Yeah. Hard sided all the way around, you know, sturdy, two, four big clips across it. Mm-hmm. And it has four holes. And so I bought a four pack of locks and I'm just going to put the same combination on them all and lock it up. I figure surely that'll be it. All right. So depending on the airport that you fly out of, and I know what airport you're flying out of, but I'm just saying this in general, because after you get to your destination, you're going to fly out of a different airport than the one you're flying out of to get to your destination. Yeah. I believe that the TSA regulations say there has to be a lock on both ends of the gun case mm-hmm. that you can't pry it open from one end yeah and get the gun out so you don't necessarily need four locks in those four holes but i would be 100 percent sure you have a Two. lock on each end of the gun case i mean i bought a four pack i'm kind of like i might as well put them all on there i'd rather get there with a gun 100 percent. you know the other thing is if i'm not mistaken that pelican case has foam inserts Yes. And your gun is camoed. Mm-hmm. Do you have a gun sock that you can put over the gun? Hmm. No, I do not believe I do. I might, actually. Out in the truck, I might have one from when I bought the gun when I was in college. Okay. It's if, probably still on the floorboard where I put it. If you don't, then you could always take a couple of washcloths or some, you know, an old t-shirt, something to put underneath the metal parts of the gun where it's going to touch foam. Mm -hmm. Because I've had the foam in my gun case wear the finish off of Black Death in a couple of spots. And so you don't want that happening. So from now, well, from whenever that happened, I put my gun in a gun sock and then put it inside the gun case um yeah that, that's a good tip i would never thought to do that i thought the foam would have been as safe as anything yeah you would think so and i don't really know why that thing rubbed it the way that it did to rub the finish off of it but i decided then and there that would never happen again and so yeah. you're gonna have to show the person working the counter at whatever airline you're flying that the gun is unloaded you're going to have to sign a card that certifies that the gun is unloaded. And you're going to have to put that card inside with the gun. So if you do get a gun sock, make sure you don't cover up what the action of the gun to be able to show them that it's unloaded. Yeah. And then when they tell you, okay, the gun case is, is good, go ahead and lock it up. Then you can slide the sock down over the rest of the metal parts of the gun and you know, over the action and yeah, just lock sense. her on up. That makes sense. Now, can from what I read online, I can keep the shells in the gun case with the gun, right? That is some that is correct, and that is something that changed several years ago. Yeah, because, I thought back in the day you could not. That's right. That's right. But now I can. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking about cutting a foam insert out like a box, mm-hmm. sized, and putting the shells in there as well. Yeah. Do you have a two-gun case or a one-gun case? It's a one-gun case, but I'd be willing to bet I could get two guns in there if I wanted to. Okay. So, you know, something else 
that I believe it was Brenda Valentine shared this tip with us on the show years and years ago. What she does is she pulls the foam out of the gun case Mm -hmm. and she packs clothes in the gun case, puts her gun down and then packs guns on, packs clothes on top of the gun and does that. But those, the Pelican cases like that are made to have those foam inserts in them and Mm -hmm. hold that gun securely. And so what I've done in the past is, well, I've got a little place cut out in the foam for my binoculars. I've got a place cut out in the foam for a knife to skin turkeys because I'm a positive thinker. Always. And and I did say skin turkeys. What I mean is clean turkeys. Uh, it, deer season just ended, so I'm still yeah, in the mindset. Yeah, it's okay. Of, we'll, give you, okay. we'll give you a pass on that. No need to explain. So in, mine's a, a two-gun case. So where the other gun is cut out, I've got shells. I've got, what else do I have in there? Oh, I've got turkey calls in there this time. Hmm. Like box calls. I put those in there. So that's what I've got going on on this trip. But... Yeah, that's the main thing that I would, that I have to tell you about traveling with a gun. Do not. And I mean, I can't, I just can't even say it enough. You can't check that gun enough times to make sure it is not loaded and in that gun case. And, you know, my friend Brian that has gone on a lot of these trips with us in the past, he shares my gun case. So he'll bring his gun over to me to put into, for me to put into my gun case. And then we split the cost of that bag Mm -hmm. and the last time he brought his gun over he brought it to me in a case and in a soft case and i said is the gun unloaded yeah it's unloaded okay so i brought it inside and i had it for i don't know not quite a week but several days and the night before we were leaving to go on the trip i was packing the gun case the only thing that was going in the gun case at that time was two guns a pair of binoculars and a knife that was it yeah and so i pulled his gun out of the soft case to put it in there laid it down inside the case, and I said, you know what? I better check. There's a shell in the magazine. Oh, my gosh. The action was open on the gun, and there, you know, it it technically was not loaded, but TSA is not going to see, not going to fall for that technicality. It was loaded. <laughs> yeah. And so I promptly unloaded the gun and called him for a good, well, what's a nice word to say? How about preaching? <laughs> and, I mean, I just can't. I can't say it enough. Check it. Unload the gun. Check it. Check it. Check it. Check it. Check it. Check it. Then lock it up and send it on. So. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see how things go with it. I've never done it. I don't know why I'm a little nervous about it this first time, but it really doesn't sound like there's much to it. As long as I'm not stupid about it, it should work just fine. Yeah. But that is an idea with the clothes because this gun case has two foam inserts, one on top of the other. Mm-hmm. I might take the bottom one out and put clothes all underneath that one and then have all my other stuff above it. Remember, you're allowed 50 pounds per bag yeah. without having to pay an overage. And the overage is price E. So yeah. take advantage of that. That's what I'm thinking. I, I didn't think to pack more stuff in there than the gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that makes good sense. I like it. And I think, you know, as long as you pack some soft cotton clothes or even, you know, I don't know, wool would probably rub it, you know, like foam does. I don't, not real sure. But if you pack enough soft clothes around the gun, I don't think you'll have to worry about it scratching it or. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Rubbing the finish off of it or anything like that. So. Very cool. And, and all this talk is because in two days, 
Well, I'll be flying out in two days, but in three days, Andy and I will hopefully be turkey hunting and on some turkeys in Utah in three days. In three days, I plan on literally being on some turkeys. (laughs) I like that. Yes. So I'm looking forward to that three days from now. And then when we get back, it won't be long before Alabama season starts. But today, it's 37 days, 10 hours, 22 minutes, and 11 seconds away. And it's here. It's coming. And by the way, I didn't use this for my guy who. I didn't use this for the guy who section of the intro. But Saturday, in the 37 degree temperatures with sleet falling on the ground. Were they fired up on it? I had a conversation (laughs) with a friend. Well, I didn't really have a conversation. He talked and I listened. So Mm -hmm. had a bird gobble 10 times Saturday morning. Mm. Oh man. This hierarchy thing, this dominance thing, it's starting to play out. It's getting to be going. Yes. So that gets me fired up, man. I'm like, I'm like, I listen in this weekend. If I was here. Yeah. Well, you'll be listening this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'll be listening real hard this weekend because I'll be in hunt mode. But yeah. And what a fitting episode for right before we go on our first hunt of the year is we're going to play my last hunt of last year. It's a good one. I have, well, I feel like I was on that hunt with you. Well, you knew the area, so you knew exactly what was happening. I put you in that area and put you in the ballpark with two gobbling turkeys. Yeah. And one of those survived. Just to be correct. But one funny or interesting thing that happened, you know, you put me there, but I knew you were up there and I dropped you a pin and said, y'all should try this area. It looks great. (laughs) (laughs) And you sent me a screenshot of your location and it was like 50 yards from my pin. (laughs) I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, y'all really ought to try this area. It looks great. And you're, uh, you just sent me that screenshot. Y'all are sitting right by it. I was like, that's unbelievable. Like, of all the acres you had to choose from, y'all were on the piece of property that I said to go hunt. I have said this before on the show a few times, but you really are exceptionally good at picking out an area on a map that has turkeys on it. And the big that's a skill that's needed if you're going to travel to hunt honestly especially public land it absolutely is and so that right there is the perfect example when you send someone a map and say hey you guys ought to check out this area i bet there's turkeys here and the person you send it to is on that property hunting gobbling turkeys (laughs) that's a quick way to confirm your suspicions from my point of view yeah yes (laughs) but there's turkeys here You're right. They're here. We're sitting right on them. (laughs) And what, you know, you did the natural thing when I sent you that back. So we talked later that day and you kept asking me, you must have asked me four or five times. So what's wrong with those turkeys? Why aren't you going back there? Why aren't you going back there? Why aren't you going back? figure it out. And so when I told you that my hunting partners were lazy (laughs) and they didn't want to climb the mountain to get to those turkeys, you said... I'm not worried about that. And you weren't. And you went in there and you killed. And so... And a mountain it was, right off the bat. Yes. I mean, your first step out of the truck is eye level with you. (laughs) You will wake up climbing that one. Or you'll find yourself at the bottom bleeding and 
yeah. minus some teeth. It it truly was. So background on that, that's what happened. Andy and his buddies were up there first, and that whole situation happened. But then y'all left and went to Michigan to hunt before coming back, actually, and hunting a different area and killing a turkey in Minnesota. But meanwhile, I was at home with my bottom lip poked out, <laughs> real sad that the season was over, and I just couldn't stand it. And I looked at my calendar, and there was one weekend left in the season, the last two days of May. And I was like, you know what? I'm going. I'm going turkey hunting. And Friday before, I took my camo to the office with me, Worked all day. One pair of socks, one pair of boots. Yeah, had a can, had some couple cans of chicken, literally. Now you're not even lying. I and I didn't even take the socks and boots this time. I was wearing them already. Grabbed a couple snacks, grabbed a jug of water. It was an old milk jug of water. Threw it in the car. Got off work at five. Put my camo on right there in the office. Boots on. Strapped them up. Everything but my gaiters and vest on me. Hopped in my car and drove to Minnesota. And got there at 3.45 the next morning. So that was, what is that? It was just under 11 hours. So yeah, that's about right. And I kicked my chair back and went to sleep for 35, 40 minutes, maybe till about 4.20. And hopped out and climbed that mountain. <laughs> yep. And it was, you told, like, you know, you said when I kept quizzing you, like, why the heck are y'all not in there? You know, y'all heard multiple turkeys gobble. Why are you not hunting them? And you just kept saying, like, they don't want to go back in there. And about halfway up, I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, I understand. (laughs) But you also realized at that point that that's why you get up so early every morning in the off-season and you exercise. Exactly. Uh, It truly is. I mean, I I can't stress that enough to people. If if you're going to do what we do, and want to be able to get to turkeys that a lot of people can't get to. You have to exercise. You can't just all of a sudden push through. You got to be in enough shape to do it. And there's still time to do it. You yeah, know, you still. Most people's seasons don't start until April. You got that gives you about eight weeks, seven weeks, and you can you can make some drastic some improvements in, in seven weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah, get that heart rate ready and get your lungs conditioned to some stress and build a little muscle on your legs. I mean, that'll go a long way. Mm-hmm. So go back and listen to our episode with Lindsay Persico from this summer if you need some ideas. Yeah. But anyway, climbed out of the car, climbed up the mountain, got up there, walked around the edge of this field kind of thing, but got around there to where you said the turkey would be. And sure enough, one started gobbling right there. And he gobbled once, and I moved in and got. I had a really good pin drop on him. And he was down a valley and up on the other side. We were about eye level with each other. And as a crow flies, you know, 100 yards. But he was going to have to go down 50 yards and up 200 yards to get to me, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was a little longer than you think, but he wasn't far sound-wise. And so I had a good setup on him. I was a little bit above him, and I felt confident about it. But he just... He gobbled that one time, and then I went and set up, and I didn't want to call for a while. And then he, he gobbled one more time, and then I tried tree up into him, and he gobbled, you know, every... He, he maybe gobbled six times total over, like, a 40-minute span. He just was... And they weren't real hard, just, you know, responsive gobble. He just wasn't tore up about it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I could tell his mood was not great for what I was wanting him to, to be in. Meanwhile, 
way down the creek bottom and way off to my right, one is just losing his mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as soon as he could reel his head back in, he had to be chunking it back out with a gobble. Just, I mean, he's just choking himself. And I'm sitting here with this one that's not doing much, and I'm listening to that, and I'm sitting here with this one. You know, I'm, I'm right here on him, 100 yards from the turkey in the tree, and I know he's there. Meanwhile, one a half mile away is just losing it. But finally, and this was a big part, I think, in my success, was I just decided, look, this turkey's not fired up right now. You know, I think I'm about to stand up, leave him, and go hunt the hot one. And if I fail, I can always come back to this one, you know? Yeah. And that was my thought is, you know, if, if I don't go get this other one, I don't think this guy's going anywhere anytime soon. He he's not he doesn't he doesn't seem like a runner or something where he's just going to get down and start gobbling and running all over town. He he seems like he's going to fly down and just sit here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was still in the tree and the other one's on the ground just gobbling his brains out. So I stood up, leave the turkey in the tree, go down the hill, walk 200 yards towards the one that was gobbling and I stopped to listen and he gobbled. I move 100 yards, stop to listen, he gobbles and he's 200 yards further than the last time I heard him. Hmm. So I move 100 yards, he gobbles, he moved 150 further than I moved. So then we go, yeah, we go into chase mode of me basically jogging, you know, fast walking a couple hundred yards and then stopping. And then he would gobble and he's just constantly going the other way. And had you called to him at this no, point? Okay. No, and he, there's no way he, I mean, I won't say there's no way because turkeys are unbelievable, but I don't think he could have heard the little tree yelps and clucks I was doing to the one earlier. So yeah. I don't think he knew anything about me at this point. Okay. And I was not calling. I just, he was gobbling so much that I could just stop for a second, wait on a crow or an owl or anything, and he would gobble, you know, reveal his location. Mm-hmm. And so I'm moving, he's moving, we're both just moving, you know, and he just is, keeps going. I mean, he's, I don't know, he had to have been jogging or something because I couldn't catch him. And finally, he's literally to the end of the line. Like, he, he's got, there's one last mountain. And if he's on the backside of the mountain by about 100 yards, he's on private land and gone. And so I get to the base of the mountain, stop and listen, and he gobbles it right over the top of it, still heading the other way. And I was like, well, heck, I might as well, I'm going to climb to the top of this thing, and then I'm going to call and see if he'll come back. And so I start walking up. I mean, it's just straight up and down. I, I did not realize the terrain in minnesota was going to be what it was but it was intense yeah (laughs) it it really was and so plus i mean i'm on 30 minutes of sleep i'm gassed i've been chasing him for it was a little over a mile at this point and i start up the mountain and i get about 50 yards from the top and all of a sudden he just (gasps) right over the top and so i scramble about 10 yards further towards the top and he gobbles even closer like uh, he heard me coming up that yeah he hears you yeah he heard me in the leaves and he was gobbling at my walking and you know ideally i was like i need to get to the top but the second time he gobbled i was like oh my gosh he's he's right here (laughs) so i i dropped down on my belly at that point look for the nearest tree and just crawl over to my left up under a tree and that's when i took my phone out 
turned on the recording and sat it down. And then I actually was at this point positioned behind the tree with my gun rested on it, pointed towards his last gobble, thinking he's just going to run over the top and I'm going to kill it. Mm-hmm. And nothing really happened. So I, I got down and I crawled around the tree to get set normal. You know, I say normal, but I'm facing up the mountain. Right. Man, that's uncomfortable. Oh, it's awful. You're, all of the pressure of your entire body weight is on your lower back and tailbone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just digging into the tree, but that's what I had. And while I'm getting set, you know, still crunching in the leaves, I hear, and I was like, all right, he's here. I don't know where he is, but he's here, you know, <laughs> and, and it's on. And so that's where we'll pick up with the audio. He is right on top of me and we start playing the game so hope you guys enjoy it and we'll jump back in after the action and i'll explain what i was seeing and and what happened so we'll play this whole deal and y'all enjoy the hunt in minnesota on the last saturday i'm so freaking fired up i I gotta hear this let's hear it
I got him. Mm, I love it when a plan comes together. Oh my goodness. Especially after you get in a car and drive 11 hours to hunt mm. for two days and it comes together. Yeah. It, you know, it just was like nothing else. And, and so what happened to explain to you, I mean, you're hearing, you can hear him gobble. Like he's in gun range within, well within gun range. Yeah. But the point of the top of this hill is literally like once I finally got up there, I understood it literally comes to a point that is about as wide as my foot. You know, like if you walk the top of it, you would have to like place one foot directly in front of the other. It's not wide enough to walk normal. And, and so he was on the back side of the point, And all I could see was his tail fan coming up every time he would strut. Mm. And I mean, I could just see it. And then every now and then, I'd see his head, like the back half of his head behind, you know, but he's kind of behind a tree in a bush. You know, there, there just never was any kind of a clear opportunity to shoot. Yeah. And I'm trailing him and you hear me trying to call and get him to stick his head. I mean, I'm just doing everything. And I tried the silent treatment, you know, I tried everything on him and he's just sitting there gobbling and strutting and drumming. I mean, it just was the whole shebang. It was everything you want in a turkey hunt, except for the shot for the longest time. And then finally... I noticed, you know, the whole time, every time his fan came up, it's towards me. You know, he's he's looking for me, wanting to kind of get me to come up there. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed the fan started turning away at the end there. And I thought, he's leaving. Uh, he's about to leave. And so in my mind, I was like, if he leaves, I'm going to crawl up to the top of this thing and shoot him before he gets out of range. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but before doing that, I thought, I'm going to cut at him and get him to stick his head, you know, see if he'll peek his head up to try to get, you know, just to make sure she's there, you know. Just see if he, if I can get him curious enough to where he'll just, he has to look. Like, can he stand it if I cut at him hard? Is he going to be able to stand not taking one real good peek over the top of this thing? Mm-hmm. And so he starts leaving, and I... You hear me start cranking up and he gobbles. And when he gobbled, I saw his head come out behind a tree and I tried to get my gun on it and he pulls it back in. I cut again. His head cut. I couldn't like call and shoot at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Do not try that at home. It's a terrible strategy, by the way. It's awful. I would have missed so bad because I would have jerked it. But Every time I'd call, he'd gobble, and his head would come out, and I could see it for, like, a half second. And, you know, I probably would have shot right in front of his face had I tried it. But finally, that last time I called, he was fully out of sight. I couldn't see his fan or anything anymore. And I called, and then, you you know, there's a couple seconds right there. And then I just saw his white head with that eyeball about maybe half of his beak up just peaked up over the top Mm. and i just squeezed it off right on top of his head (laughs) Mm. and it you know i didn't know what happened i just shot and then i got up scrambled up to the top of the hill and i'm looking around and i see some feathers and i'm like oh my gosh there's feathers and then i hear you know and i look down the mountain about halfway (laughs) and there he is (laughs) yeah but, you know, I had no idea. Like, did I get him? I don't know. I I know I, like, 
I knew it was an ethical shot because it was either 100% going in his brain yeah, or 100% miss. You know, there, there is no way to wound a turkey with that shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was no way. So I felt confident on that and it was, it was it. I mean, that was the moment, you know, had he gone over the mountain, not done that last peak, I definitely would have strategy at that point would have been to drop to my belly and quick crawl to the top before he could cover 40 yards and then just stand up over the top behind a tree, you know, and see if I could get a shot on him. But I'm glad it turned out the way it did because that, that was a little cooler, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's the way all of us would rather kill one. Yeah, yeah, but you drive 11 hours, you pay a non-resident license fee, and you got two days to hunt. If I would have had to quick crawl up to the top of that thing, I would have done it in a heartbeat because I earned him, you know. I had him within 40 yards for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you did. So, yeah. you know, what was unique about that turkey, one, he had some really good spurs on him. Yes, he did. Almost an inch and a half. They were just a hair short, but really good. They weren't real curved. They were real, you know, long, straight spurs. But he had black wings, like definitely looked like an Osceola. It could have been an Osceola up there on vacation. It <laughs> went north for the went north for the spring. For the yeah, I mean humidity in the bugs in Florida that time yeah, of year was, was terrible. But I mean, you saw him. He he had yeah. black barring on his wings like an Osceola turkey. Yeah, he really did. It, it was a pretty burn. beautiful, beautiful, unique turkey. And yeah. then you sent me a text after I sent you Minnesota with a check mark. You sent back. The same thing, I believe, about 10 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And y'all got it done. So that was heck of a day. And then we actually got to meet up and, you know, somewhat hunt together for a couple hours trying to get Yankee John one. And that was just neat that I got to finally, you know, see you and hunt with you for a little bit that year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Briefly. It was, what, yeah. two hours we hunted together? Yeah, that was about it. But better than nothing. You better know? than nothing. I just had to swing by into Minnesota to see you. Yeah, I mean, just stop on by is really not a big deal. <laughs> and you had a celebratory beer with us. Yeah, yeah. when when I, Yankee John, I think, was the one that said when I was leaving that day, he was like, well, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know why that cracked me up because it's true. I was already headed home, you know. It's a one-bird state, so I was headed home. <laughs> you... You were in Minnesota literally for how many hours? I got there at 3.45 in the morning and left at noon and killed a turkey at 7.45. So three hours of daylight, I had my turkey, and then I hung out with you guys for, you know, four hours and headed home. <laughs> Walked 27 miles. Literally felt like it. Yeah. It was, I'll tell you, the terrain was so rough that, this is the only time I've ever done this. I left the turkey and my gun hidden under a log by the road where I killed him, walked all the way out to get my car, and drove around to get my stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I left my vest, I left everything but some water where I killed him, and then drove to him to get him. You took and, uh, the easy walk out instead of climbing up and down the mountains, didn't you? No, I climbed up and down the mountains. I just didn't want 20 pounds over my shoulder doing it. And I've never done that before because I, I thoroughly enjoy the tug on my elbow while I'm walking him out, you know. Mm -hmm. But with what that turkey was living in, I decided I'd rather just go get the car. <laughs> 
So how far from the road was he when you killed? So he... Or were you? Let me pull you? up my map so I can look at it again. So it was the main road. He was only... He was 800 yards from the main road. And then there was a little gravel road that ran up to oh, him. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was only 200 yards off the gravel road. Okay. And so... And that was in kind of like the little valley. Mm-hmm. And so that's where he was, but... You know, from where I originally parked to where I shot him, it was 1.44 miles. And you did not walk the gravel road out to the car, no, to the paved walked, road and then to the car. You walked straight to the car. Yeah, I just gotcha. I did like a throw would fly to the car. I mean, it was up and down, but yeah. you know, I didn't have a vest, no binoculars, no gun, no turkey, so, you know. Not as bad by any means, but... You were built for speed. Yeah, well, I was just built for comfort at that point. <laughs> but, yeah, let me... Uh, I got my map pulled up. I want to look at from where I originally heard him that morning, you know, how far I had to try... Like, he was running on me, you know. He was covering ground looking for a turkey. And so where I originally was sitting, I had to walk a mile in to where I was sitting... And then where from where I originally heard him as a crow flies was 1.09 miles from the tree I started on to where I shot. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard him, he was probably 200 yards away. <laughs> yeah. So I, I literally chased him for about a mile. <laughs> yeah. And he was all in the mail. So really interesting hunt. Really awesome. You know, on my walk out, that other turkey gobbled once for me, which was pretty cool. To, you know, it's just always kind of satisfying when you already have killed one and then another one gobbles, so you know there's one still there to carry on. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and have and to go back and get him sometime. But he's probably still there if you want to go back in May. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, well, after we kill in Michigan, first day, we're going to have a couple extra days. We might as well slip over there and get one. Okay. I, You know I'm in. I loved it. My four-hour tenure I have there, I really liked it. <laughs> I like that's one state a lot too. That's one state, you know, we've talked about with Chubbs. We talked about with Tanner Burns, all the people who've done these super slams when they say slow it down. That's one state I definitely want to go back to and spend a little more time in. Yeah. You know, it, with it being a one bird state, it'd be good to go with a couple buddies on that one to make sure, you know, if you did tag one open a day, you could keep hunting at least. But I'd like to spend at least a couple days there because it, it was really a fun place. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and I like the fact that it's a one-bird state. Oh, yeah. Because they're not going to overkill. No, and that's, you know, I had pretty good confidence that there would still be turkeys on the landscape to hunt even the last weekend because it's a one-bird state. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a fun place, you know, big push, and, you know, I always talked about this, but I love when people are like, man, I wish I had time to go turkey hunting like you do. Yeah. All right. You do. You just can't sleep. You leave at 5 p.m. You can be there by daylight. You can go hunt just like I did. That's exactly right. <laughs> so uh, it just grinds my, it, it gets me when people are like, I don't know when you work. I work every day till <laughs> I get off work. And then you go home and, you know, you eat dinner and you go to sleep and sleep eight hours. I'm on the road driving that whole time. That's how I can hunt like this. And if you're going to do it, you got to make the sacrifice to do it. That's what I'm saying. And, and don't try to act like other people got some kind of you know advantage over you. But 
because we all got 24 hours in a day. I'm sacrificing something to do it. Yeah. Everybody has to. So, and you, unbelievable hunt. It can still be done even for those who physically can't do it. And look, there, there are people who physically can't do that. I am one yeah. of them. I cannot leave somewhere at 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon and drive all night long because I cannot drive in the dark. I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But there's still ways to do it. You just have to dial it back a little bit and say, okay, I'm not going to try to kill 10 birds in 10 different states in one season. Yeah. Make it more enjoyable, a little bit more bite-sized pieces, and take on three states or four states, and that's completely doable. Yeah. To a point. Yeah. To a point, because eventually you're going to kill those states right around where you live and you're going to have to travel further. Mm -hmm. And so you're just going to have to take more time off of work or you're going to have to figure out some way to do it, whether that's airfare and a rental car, whatever it happens to be. But still, you know, it, it can be done. If you've got a desire to do it, it can be done. And, you know, I wish that I could do that. I can't, I never in my life have been able to do that. You put me in a car, I'm asleep. It's dark. You can do it. You just hop in the passenger seat, let me get the wheel, and let me get my caffeine going. You just go to sleep, and when you wake up, we'll be ready to hunt. All right. I'm there. <laughs> so there you go. There's your alternative. You can't can't drive at night because you get sleepy. You find yourself somebody like me that can ride a caffeine high for a couple days, and, and we'll get going. Driving Mr. G. <laughs> well... Thanks for sharing that hunt. I've got I've got a Minnesota hunt, but it's not just a Minnesota hunt. You got a Minnesota story. It is a saga. Yeah. And I am looking forward to sharing that with you guys because man, I mean you talk about a roller coaster. Mm. I, I, it, it wow. I mean, you'll just have to wait. We won't make you wait too long. I'll play it. I'll I'll share that with you guys here within the next month or so but it's something else yeah I mean, well, i'm looking forward to it yeah it's an emotional roller coaster yeah I, i've heard the story but you know the story is one thing hearing the audio from it's another thing so that'll be that'll be good i'll get a little more detail i'm sure when we share that on the show yeah it was an emotional roller coaster it wasn't even my bird yeah. <laughs> it's just the way i feel about this you know it it's this is a group effort yeah and I get more worked up for these guys to get their birds than I do for me to get my own. Well, you remember me whisper yelling at y'all in Georgia. I was emotionally wrecked on that hunt. So oh, well, <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine with yours. In, in the same way. I mean, it was the same exact way. because Yeah, you yeah. want it so bad. <laughs> yeah. After Chip shot that bird in Georgia, I just sat there. You were like, what did he miss? I'm like, no. I just, I, I'm frustrated to the point where I want to kill him. <laughs> But how can you be so frustrated? He just killed the turkey. That's the whole reason for the trip. Yeah. You know, so you I, have to, I have to kind of Man. check myself, you know? Yeah, you were so frustrated. Like, I walked up there, you were just shaking your head. You had your hat off, sitting in your hand. I was like, did he Did he kill it? And you're like, yeah. It's like, a long beard? Yeah, I think so. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. The hunt in Minnesota. I'm looking Same forward to way. playing that one for you guys. That's going to be fun. Yeah. So. Very cool. Well, do you want me to give the favor of the week this week, or do you have one in mind? I'm going to let you give the one for this week. All right. 
Our favorite of the week this week from the Turkey Hunter podcast is going to be share this episode if you enjoyed it or share any of our past episodes. My charge to you today is to share one episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast that you enjoy with a friend, an enemy, a family member, anyone who likes to turkey hunt. Share this episode with them because we're really trying to get back out there, you know, Going back to the free portion, we lost quite a few listeners by going to premium, and that's okay. But we're back free again, and we'd like for everybody to know that. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of our past ones, share this episode. It'd be great help to us, and it's a big motivator for us to keep doing these episodes because they're a lot of time and work, but we do love it, and we want to keep putting them out there. So share this episode or any of the ones you've liked in the past and any of the future ones because we have a great one coming up for you guys next week. Very good and very well said, and I just want to throw a reminder out there for all of the premium content subscribers. We have not forgotten about you. You are due a refund, and we know that. Just like I said, when we decided to do this and we talked about it the first time, Cameron and I are extremely busy. I'm working 12, 14, 16 hour days, Monday through Friday, and working about eight hours over the course of a weekend for the regular J-O-B. And that doesn't even count the time that we put into the podcast. But if you be patient, we will refund your money. I will promise you. Your 18 bucks or portion thereof is not worth me and Cameron stealing it. So no way. you yeah. just be patient with us. We'll get it out there. And and most of you guys, well, actually all of you have been patient, but I just want to throw that little reminder out there. Yeah, yeah, we will get that to you. Just a lot of moving parts with this deal, and this is a side gig for both of us. So we'll get it to you. Stay patient with us, hopefully before turkey season, because if we don't get it to you before turkey season, it might have a three-month delay but we're gonna try to get it before then we might have to start paying interest (laughs) if we wait till after turkey season (laughs) (laughs) yeah have to send it back with with the interest (laughs) i like it we we just tell everybody hey we took your money we invested it in gamestop and so here's your profits (laughs) yeah yeah there you go here's your prorated refund from the subscription and here's your profit on the on the yeah, investment yeah. we've made Be- in your behalf. Best investment you ever made. 18 bucks is now worth you know, 7000 It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, killed the shorts, so it's all good. Yeah, no doubt. Very cool. Then let's wrap this thing up, and let's get to Utah. Let's wrap it up, and we'll hopefully have a turkey killing story for you guys next week before we have an interview with a quite popular guest around the turkey community right now. Wrap us up, Andy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. 
We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.